Thanks for tuning in to our weekly message. Be sure to visit our website, weareheartland.us, to find out more about the ministry and all of our upcoming events. Well, Happy New Year, everyone. And I will say, I think Jake and Dana nailed that Santa Claus cupcake. I, I guarantee that if that was my job, <laughs> I would have done way worse. So uh, way to go. We're so glad that you're joining in with us as we kick off a brand new series like John talked about, Expectation versus Reality, Spiritual Discipline Edition. Uh, I'm thinking, you know, at the end of, at the beginning of this year of 2021, I think we all could look back to the beginning of 2020 and recognize that we all share this idea that what we expected 2020 to be in all of its glory turned out very different. The reality of 2020 was far different than our expectation. But I don't know if you have your own experience other than the common experience of the year of 2020. Uh, when I think of a expectation versus reality experience for us, uh, on our 10 year anniversary, we had uh, saved for a few years and said that we wanted to do a 10 day road trip from Seattle uh, down to, to San Diego. Uh, so we flew into Seattle and uh, for John and I's you know, 10 year anniversary and thought we were gonna start our first trip off. We looked for just unique places to stay and uh, ways that would be affordable in our budget. Uh, and so we found on an Airbnb that we could stay in, in the hull of a sailboat. And the pictures looked awesome. And we thought that's so cool to stay in Seattle, like on a harbor. And so we booked this sailboat and so we fly in, we get to the marina, um, we walk down and there's these amazing, beautiful sailboats. And so it just feels like this is gonna be so exciting to you know, stay in something super different. So it's like big sailboat after big sailboat after big sailboat until we get to the end and we see ours and it's a little tiny guy. Uh, and we're like, no, this is gonna be great, no problem. So we like drag our luggage on. I mean, our luggage basically fits in the entire back of the boat. Uh, we get down into the uh, down into the kind of cabin area and it's not tall enough that we can even stand up like full. And so we, we kind of have to hunch. We're like, this is so great. It's so rom romantic. <laughs> And uh, we had gotten up super early, so we're like, all right, well, let's just take a nap. Maybe we'll feel different after we wake up. So we, the, the bed is like in the front hall triangle part portion. Um, we have to like slither in there. I mean, this, you know, it's like this much space. We're like just crammed in there. Our legs can't straighten. It's just this triangle bed. Um, I was like, you know, I'm gonna use the restroom. So I get up in this tiny little restroom, open it, and it says, not available, can't use the restroom. So to use the restroom, we get up and we walk down the pier all the way down to the like general use, like marina restrooms. Um, do that, whatever, you know, take the nap, we change our clothes, get ready, we go out to dinner. We pull back in at dinner and it's pouring down rain. It's freezing cold. And I just looked at John and said, do we have to stay here? <laughs> Uh, the expectation was so different than the reality. Uh, luckily, there was a hotel literally across the street and being the good man that he was on the beginning of our anniversary trip was like, We're, I'll go get the bags. We'll go check in over there. Um, so our, I don't know that we'll ever book an Airbnb boat, uh, sailboat again, but it was a exciting adventure for about four hours. But as we begin this uh, series and talk about spiritual disciplines, I think when we you know, talk about things um, like reading the Bible or prayer, I think so many times we get off 
balance because we have these expectations on what they should be, right? And what they should look like and that we're going to have these like angelic revelations every time that we do this. And I think as we, our team was talking, we just recognized, I mean, sometimes the idea of just being disciplined and getting ourselves to, to, to do these things, these practices is good. It, it has benefit in and of itself. And so as we kind of kick off today, I want to read for us, um, it's 1 Timothy 4, 7. And it says, uh, you know, Timothy's writing to these churches to say, hey, here's what you need. Here's some suggestions on how to live now that you've become followers of Jesus. And he says, don't waste your time arguing over godless ideas and old wives tales. Instead, train yourself to be godly. Physical training is good, but training for godliness is much better promising benefits in this life and in the life to come. This is a trustworthy saying and everyone should accept it. And this is why we work hard and, to, and continue to struggle for our hope is in the living God, who is the savior of all people and particularly for all believers. I love that he says in here that we should train ourselves to be godly. This isn't just that we sit around and wait for God to do something like this means this is action. This takes uh, an initiative on our part. And so when we look at this idea of spiritual disciplines, I think that's the idea. Like the definition of a spiritual discipline is a practice that we put in place that is used to be able to help us become more godly, to help us become more like Jesus. I think the danger in spiritual discipline sometimes is that we use a spiritual disciplines as like the end, like the end result, right? So if we read our Bible, if we pray, if we do these things, therefore we've reached godliness. But that's not how the spiritual disciplines are supposed to work. The spiritual disciplines are used as a means to an end, that we do these things so that we in turn would become more godly, that we would become people whose lives are continually changing and developing to be more like Christ. Spiritual disciplines are activities that we do so that we can become more like Jesus. There's, a, there's nine uh, disciplines that people would kind of say uh, that, that come from scripture. And of course, you know, there's other things that, that we can use to connect with God. But when it comes to spiritual disciplines, part of the thing that defines them is that they come from scripture themselves. They come from the Bible. So we might say, you know, going on a hike, like I really connect with God going on a hike or gardening or, or um, you know, being outside alone. Well, those are great connections to God, but they're not spiritual disciplines. They're not practices that we put in place for God to speak to us that come from the Bible. So the nine spiritual disciplines are Bible intake, prayer, worship, evangelism, serving, giving, like giving of our, of our time and of our money, fasting, um, uh, silence, and then listening. So this idea of like silence and solitude and then listening. And we're not going to cover all of those in this series, but we are going to cover a few. And today I get to start off with the idea of scripture reading and scripture intake. This idea of scripture being kind of the foundation for our spiritual disciplines. There's a, a theologian um, who, who argues that, that he would say that, that all of the other spiritual dis disciplines flow out of the first two, which are spiritual or scripture intake and prayer. That if we don't get these down, that the other ones really don't have any roots to grow into. And so this idea of getting into scripture, of, of reading God's word and allowing it to transform us matters so deeply. Um, I, I think too about 
you know, the Pharisees and, and when Jesus was kind of on the scene and he was so, he challenged them so often and he challenged them in these spirit, in some of these spiritual disciplines. And the challenge wasn't like, Hey, don't do those things. He challenged them to say, what you're doing is you're making these the end. Like you're making your godliness based on, are you doing these things rather than are you doing these things so that you become more godly? I remember in college, um, I had a kind of a Bible study leader and, and mentor, so to speak, and she um, was very committed to her quiet time. So if you've never heard the idea of a quiet time before, it's just uh, taking you know maybe 30 minutes to an hour and getting alone with God and uh, reading their Bible and journaling and praying. And she was like very, very committed and dedicated to her quiet times. But she was like maybe one of the crabbiest people that I had ever been around. And I remember thinking, like, what are you doing in those quiet times? Like, what's happening in there that, that somehow the word of God, like, isn't transforming a heart and a life that looks like him? And I think it's so easy for her and probably, you know, for all of us, if we're honest, to step in and just slip into these things that, that it feels like a checklist. And so we either write it off as legalism and we're like, well, I don't want to be legalistic. So I'm therefore, I don't need to do spiritual discipline practices, or it looks like too giant and we're not sure how to do it. And we feel like we're awkward and clumsy and fumbling around. And so we don't do those either. Or maybe we just write it off like, oh, that's for like the ultra spiritual and, and people who are real, real superior, you know, take their faith and say, oh, I'm so superior in my faith. This is the thing I do. And so we're like, I don't really want any part of that. And so we just kind of throw away the spiritual disciplines altogether. And I think that there's so much missing if we do that. That this idea that we would train ourselves to be godly, that we would put into practice ways that we can surrender our time and to allow God to speak into our lives and to challenge us and to convict us and to encourage us, that we are missing out if we're not doing some of these things. I remember um, back in 2016, um, it was about this time of year, actually. It was kind of the beginning of a new year. And we were sitting around one day. Um, it was, you know, right after Christmas. And, you know, I was, think I was probably listening to, you know, playing children. Actually, the reality is they're probably all fighting children. Um, but I just had this, like, desire. Uh, you know, it could be, you could say it was a calling. It could just be a thought. Um, but I just thought, you know, I should read through the Bible. Of course, I've read all of the New Testament and most of the Old Testament in pieces, and I've done Bible studies and studied and, you know, taught on it, but I hadn't ever like opened the book and read it cover to cover. And I know there's a lot of plans that you can get on to read the Bible in a year. And so I thought, you know what, that's what I'm going to do this year. In 2016, I'm going to start at Genesis and kind of read all the way through. I'd also heard that the beginning of the book, the, the five first five books of the Bible, the Pentateuch, um, are, were often um, actually used, you should listen to them because they were a lot of times students or early Jewish uh, scholars would sit and their rabbis would teach and they would read these books to them. And so they really were meant to be listened to. So I thought, you know, this is what I'll do. I'll, I'll find my bi a reading plan on my Bible app. Uh, I'm going to hit play and I'm just going to listen um, as God's word is, you know, kind of brought to me. Well, my expectation for that, honestly, was was probably less of what we're talking about today of this desire to be godly and more of just, you know, I, I probably, sh this is something I should do. But my, the reality of what that did in my life shifted dramatically from my expectation. I was unaware that I was going to be immersed 
into some absolutely life-changing things by just intaking God's word on a consistent and regular basis. Of course, it was something that was a part of my life, but I am probably more ashamed than I should be to admit that it wasn't something that was a part of my everyday, daily life. But as I began to go on this journey of letting God's story become part of my life, I found so much growth. And it wasn't always like, you know, angels coming down. There were times I struggled with what I read. There were times I was confused. There were times that it felt like God wasn't doing what I thought would be the right thing, you know, to do. Of course, I and that was wrong. And the more that I've studied and learned, like he is such a good God. I learned it through reading the Old Testament, especially that that God has a story and and a plan that he has started from the very beginning to draw us back to himself. I had times that I felt angry. There were times that I was confused, but it was what it started in me is this passion to dig in. It was this time that I felt like I just couldn't stop bringing questions. I couldn't stop bringing thoughts. I couldn't stop thinking about what I was reading. I couldn't stop studying and finding things. And we talk, John and I would talk at night, like, what do you think this means? And why do you think God would do that? And why do you think that person, you know, would, would be so dumb to not trust God in that way? And where do I find myself in these stories? Being in God's word on a daily basis changed my spiritual life. It allowed me to see that God has a story that he's been writing with our lives from the beginning. It allowed me to wrestle some really hard things out with him. It allowed me to study deeper and to have a better understanding of what his word really is telling us. I learned that the Bible and the kids characters aren't like people that, you know, always that we should be like, they're amazing because they were honestly pretty messed up. They made mistakes over and over again. They didn't trust God. They, they sinned against him. And then I saw though that this Bible is not about them. The Bible is about a God who continually uses humans in our mess ups and in our frailty and in our imperfections and that he cares so deeply. He just is relentless in his pursuit of them. And I have been reminded that like, man, he's relentless in his pursuit of me. I was reading through the Psalms that I learned how to worship and to see how much glory and honor I could give to him. It's been in the New Testament that I've been challenged to say, man, am I living this out? How does that affect me? How does that scripture challenge and convict me? I might have my own idea of what I think life should look like, but when I read the words of Jesus, I'm changed. And it was in 2016 and making that a daily practice for me of intaking God's word that that I began to understand that this word is alive and active that when we submit and surrender ourselves to it, that when we don't use it as a checkbox to say, hey, okay, uh, I've read the words, like now I'm done, that when we use this to say, God, speak to me, God, use this in my life, that he does. And what's cool about this, and I think where it comes into this series of expectation versus reality, is that I didn't set a time that I was like, okay, I'm gonna create a Bible reading space. Right. I, I'm a mom and I'm, you know, I work and I have life that I, you know, kind of comes at me. And so it looked different every day. Sometimes I listened to the Bible app while I was getting ready in my bathroom. Other times I put headbuds, earbuds in and, and as I'm stirring pasta, I'm listening to the story of God. 
There's times that I did it in the car. There were times that I decided, hey, I'm gonna get up early in the morning and I'm gonna read this. There are times that right before I went to bed, I said, I'm not gonna let my head hit the pillow before I've done my, my reading for, this, for, for today. And so it looked so different. It looked different every single day. For some people that feels chaotic and I understand that. And that might mean, you know, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna listen in the car. I'm gonna read on, you know, right before bed. And it can just look so different. But I think when we begin to say, okay, the expectation for what this looks like can be very, very different for everyone. But the practice of getting in God's word and allowing him to change us is absolutely priceless especially if our hearts are to become more godly. The ways, um, there's kind of six ways that we can do Bible intake. The first way is hearing it. One, it could be, I guess, auditory listening, but that's, you know, through the, through the teaching of messages and sermons and, and ways that we can hear God's word, tran, you know, uh, not translated, but, but um, interpreted and, 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 and challenged into our lives. We can read it, of course, we can take it and we can read and read the words and, and really process it. We can study it. Uh, so, there's, so there's hearing, there's reading, there's studying, there's going deeper, signing up for Bible studies or grabbing a Bible study on your own. There's memorizing it. There's putting certain things to memory so that in certain times that we can recall something and, and speak truth, right? Jesus did this when he was uh, tempted in the desert. He was kind of out and about and, and, and the devil came and tempted him. And what he did is that he used scripture that he had memorized to combat what, he was, co what was coming against him. There's meditating on it, which is just thinking deeply and letting it kind of soak in and ruminate in our minds. And then there's applying it. They're saying, all right, I see a truth here, and now I'm going to apply it to my life. So between all of those things, again, in scripture intake can look so different, right? It can, we can have a day that we listen. We can read it. We can meditate on it. We can study it. We can apply it. We can memorize it. But the idea is that we use these things, that we use scripture to challenge us, to convict us, to renew us, to restore us to rebuild us, to, to allow ourselves to be, our eyes to be opened to what God's doing. Uh, another theologian, I listened to some podcasts of his this week, and, and he said that we, that he, I, I've loved this just really practical thought. He said, when you come to, when it comes to scripture intake, when it comes to this discipline of scripture reading, he's like, I think if we could all think this idea that we read big and we meditate small, so we may take in, he said, you know, reading big is important because if we just say we're going to read a couple of verses, we don't understand and get the full context of what's happening. But maybe we read, you know, an entire chapter, or maybe we read a couple of chapters, but we then go back and look and say, okay, what's the one thing that I'm going to really meditate on, the small thing that I'll meditate on? You know, maybe you find yourself in the Psalms and you read Psalm 23 and it's, you know, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Well, maybe you go back and you just say, okay, um, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. So what do I, I'm going to meditate on that. What does it mean? What do I want? What, what's in my life that I maybe am not content with? What are the things in my life that I want? But if, I, if the Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want anything, then how do I learn and God, God, show me how to be content in you. Show me how to be content in, in, in your presence in my life. And maybe that's what we just meditate on that day. Or maybe it's in James, it says, you know, be anxious about nothing and in everything in prayer and supplication, make your request known to God. 
So maybe we think about that, we read the rest of James, but we go back to this idea of be anxious about nothing. How do, how, what does that look like? Cause that's, you know, in this day and age, like, especially for me too, I'm like anxiety feels like it can be through the roof sometimes. I'm like up till two in the morning anxious. But if I, if I think about that, if that's what I had read maybe and, and said, okay, how do I, God help me to be anxious about nothing. And through prayer that I can, that I can turn this over to you. Or maybe it's in, you know, Colossians that we read that we should clothe ourselves with kindness and compassion because we are holy and dearly loved people of God. And maybe we just take one of those words. Okay, God, what does that look like to clothe myself with compassion? That requires an action that I put on, like I, I actually, you know, put on compassion. Okay, how do I live my life when, I, when I'm at the store, I'm at work, I'm with my kids, I'm with my family, when I read something on Facebook that really boils my buttons. How do I respond with a heart of compassion? How do I have a heart that looks at people the way you look at them? This is what it means to intake scripture, not as a means, not as an end, not as the end result of like, oh, I've checked off my duty, I've checked off my list to read scripture, but to allow scripture to change us. This spiritual discipline of saying, I'm going to do the work, just like in 1 Timothy said, that we would train ourselves to be godly, that we would use these practices that we are, that are found in scripture, that we would use them and, and make them something that become a part of our lives, not so that we can feel good about ourselves, not so that we can get an A plus on our Christian report card, but because we believe God's word is alive and active and will allow us to become more and more like Jesus. And as we start up this new year, I think that has been, you know, my prayer for myself and my prayer for our church, that we would be people that crave God, that we crave his presence in our lives, that we crave his challenge, that we crave his convictions, that we crave everything about him. And so we are willing to do the work. I remember um, uh, I went to a conference once and I loved this picture analogy. And, and they said that a lot of times, you know, when it comes to spiritual disciplines, especially like reading the Bible or doing these things that, you know, people will start to feel guilty if they don't do them. Like, oh, I feel so guilty. Like I'm not good enough. I'm not a good enough Christian. And, you know, all of these things. Like I feel guilty if I'm not doing this. And he challenged us to say, man, if we see this as like the word of God, as the bread of life, as, as nourishment for our souls, we shouldn't think about when we miss a meal. We don't feel guilty for missing a meal. We feel hungry. We feel hungry. And I think I wonder if we rep if we replace that thought of like, oh, I feel so guilty that I haven't done this. Like, you know, if we are like, oh, I commit to, to doing something and then we and then we miss a day or miss a couple of days, that that feeling that we get isn't guilt. Maybe it's hunger. Maybe it's our hearts and our souls saying, we want so much of God. And so instead of being like, well, missed the bandwagon, I guess I, I guess I missed a couple of days, I'm not going to try again, right? We set this high expectation for ourselves that the reality is, sure, we might, we might miss some days, but let, but would we feel hungry for God to continue to work in our lives? So that's been my prayer. God, God, show me and allow me to feel that craving for you. And it's been my prayer for our church that this year, that 2021, that we would be a church and a people that crave God. That whether we meet in person or not, whether we have to meet socially distanced and unmasked, what, whatever 2021 throws at us, that as individuals that make up this church body, 
that we would crave his work in our lives, that it wouldn't matter, whatever. We show up to, we, if we have to come to church by registration or masks or distance, or we have to show up at home, that we know how to do this together, that God is beginning, that God continues to do a mighty work in our lives. And one of those disciplines, one of those spiritual disciplines is intaking God's word on a daily basis. So we thought we could make it easy for you a little bit um, and do something together. Uh, I heard also that, you know, I think it, I think there's like studies out there that if you do something for 21 days, that it builds a habit. So I think our challenge to start this series off, we're going to take it a little longer than 21. We're going to do 30 days is that would you be willing to, to engage with us in, in the idea of spiritual disciplines, but especially in this idea of scripture intake for 30 days in an effort not to be like, wow, I've accomplished something great and check it off my list, but in an effort to create some disciplines in our lives, to, to do the work, to, to train. This is why he says, this is why we work and continue in our struggle because our hope is in the living God that we would train ourselves, that we do this work to say, I'm committing to 30 days to build a daily habit of allowing God's work, word to speak into my life. You can do that a multitude of ways. You can find Bible reading apps on your phone. Uh, you can buy books and studies and do a daily devotional. Uh, but we're going to make this easy for you too if you want to participate for us. Um, uh, Jake Fry, who's kind of over our men's ministry, he is going to create um, a men's a devotional that will get sent out each week. Sarah Reese has is going to create a women's, uh, kind of geared toward women's devotional that will be sent out each week. And then Sharon Shabani is creating a family-oriented devotional that will be sent out each week. The scripture will all be the same across the board, but the application and the meditation and the challenges might be a little different. So if you'd like to participate in that, and that would be the way that you would like to kickstart uh, your engagement in God's word, uh, that we're going to ask you, you can head to their website, head to our app. You can sign up to be on that email list. And then every week, uh, Monday through Saturday, you will get a prompt in an email. And so the challenge would just be this, to open the email, to see the scripture that they're, that we're asking to open, even if it, even if it's in that email to, to get comfortable opening your God's word and, and reading it here. And maybe if you're a, you know, John doesn't like um, writing in his Bible. He, you know, this is like sacred text. I love writing in my Bible. I love underlining and exclamating exclamation mark. Maybe you, in, but open the, open the, open God's word, read it for yourself, allow the application to kind of just meditate on that for the week and, um, and join us in that. Like I said, you can sign up for that. And then Sunday, the intake would be joining in on Sundays to listen to the message, to intake God's word that way. So we would take 30 days to make this a practice. Again, not so that we can become super Christians, not so that we can get an A plus and tell God, like, look how good we're doing. Not so we can brag to our friends or feel good inside, but so that we would become more godly that we become more and more like Jesus is calling us to be, that we would be changed, that we would be, um, that we'd wrestle through some things, that we would crave God and his work in our lives. So we hope that you join in with us as we kind of go through this awesome but messy experience of allowing God's word to work in our lives, to work some things out. So do join us for this 30-day challenge. Before we close, let me pray for us as we begin this new year. God, thanks so much that you are a God that wants to be present in our lives. That is what I have been amazed about over and over again. 
God, as I read through the Old Testament and the New Testament and see, God, that it is just sometimes in our hearts to do our own thing, to go our own way, to think we just don't need you. And God, I'm guilty of that so much. I'm guilty of thinking that my life can just all operate without you. But God, I want you here. I want you to speak into my life. I want my, my life to be stand to stand firm on your truths and the things that you have shown me. God, would you do a work in our church? God, would you raise up, continue to raise up all of us, God, that this year in 2021, that godliness would be our pursuit, that we would let go of everything else and whatever comes down the road for us here in 2021. God, we've learned to let that go because we have no control anyway. But would you teach us? Would you guide us? would you help us to see you and to see your people in ways that we haven't before and will be 2021 be a marker that we can remind look back and remember this was a year that you did a mighty work and it started with your word god we love you we're so grateful for you it's in your name we pray amen thanks so much for listening today for service times and details head to weareheartland.us